0: you're on a boat headed to Tarshish, as far away from the Assyrians as possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah, God had asked me to share a message of repentance with the brutal, nasty Assyrians. I just couldn't believe he had asked me to do that. Uh, of course, I wasn't going to do it. Um, but the captain was good, though. You know, he, uh, he gave me a hold below deck to stay in, you know, which would have been kind if you know, I hadn't paid such a huge amount of money uh, to be on board. But, uh, Once I was on board, I figured I'd just sleep most of the way.
0: Did you ever make it to Tarshish?
1: No. No, I never made it, actually. Uh, You see, shortly after our journey began, uh, we encountered a storm. It was terrible. It was a nasty storm. Uh, The winds just began to stir up. The waves tried to capsize our boat. We were being thrown all around. Eventually the captain came down to the hold where I was and he just started yelling. He was saying, get up, get up. How could you be sleeping during a time like this? We're praying to our gods to see which one of them will save us. Pray to yours also. Of course, I thought it was a bit dramatic. Once I got back on deck, on top, I was surrounded by sailors. Evidently, during their prayer time, they were casting lots to see who was responsible for the storm. The lot fell to me. It's not like I didn't know I was the cause of the storm.
0: So, what did you do?
1: I told them why the storm had come. It was because I was running from God's mission for me. And the only way it would subside is if they threw me overboard. Honestly, I was ready to die. but I didn't wanna bring a ship full of innocent men down with me. At first, they didn't believe me. They tried to turn back to land, but after a few more close calls, they were ready to throw me overboard. And once I hit the water, the storm calmed.
0: So, how did you survive being in the sea? Are you a good swimmer?
1: (laughs) No, actually, absolutely not. Um, At this point, the water was starting to take me under. I thought I was going to die in that ocean for my disobedience, I really did. But this is where the story becomes about a fish. You see, God had sent a large fish to swallow me. He wasn't going to allow me to die in the ocean by drowning. Uh, he was going to allow me to die as the best meal this fish would ever get. So I started praying for mercy from this holy God. And I acknowledged that I should die, I deserved to die, and that I was just as faithless and rebellious as anyone else. But I begged for mercy. While I'm sitting amidst digesting fish guts in the belly of this fish, I realized that God was giving me a second chance. Nothing like a little digestive juice to give you some perspective, right?
0: Now, last week we looked at this book, uh, Jonah, and we uh, latched onto this idea that all of us have tried to run away from God. And for some of us, um, we grew up in homes going to church, or we grew up in homes that believed in God. And then at some point in high school or maybe in college, we just wanted to do our own thing. And so we didn't leave God for some specific reason, we just wanted to do our own thing. So many years go by, and we got to a place in life where we didn't intend to get And at that point, we came back to church asking the question of why. You know, why hadn't our relationships gone the way that we wanted them to go? You know, why hadn't our finances gone the way that we had planned for them to go? Or what was happening in our lives? Or why did this happen to us? Then for some of us, we didn't leave God specifically behind in the rearview mirrors. For us, our run is more of a specific run. And so we hold on to something in our lives specifically that we won't let God in our lives about. So for some of us, we won't let God into our relationships or into our friendships or into those relationships that we say, I love you too. Or for some of us, we just say, God, you know what? Uh, It doesn't look like you're going to provide right now, so I'm going to provide. I'm going to take the reins and I'm going to make it happen. And then for some of us, we just kind of treat God like a dog. You know, we tell him, hey, stay over there and come when I say come. And we just tell God, you know what, Uh, when I bump up against something in life, you know, then I'll call out for your help. But yet when he doesn't show up and he doesn't help at that moment, we think, you know, is God trying to pay us back or something like that at that point? And last week we looked at one of the world's most famous runners. His name was Jonah. And we learned that all runners experience three stages as they run. And the first stage that we saw was that all runners will run to somewhere that's strange. You know, Jonah gets on a boat and he wasn't a sailor and he runs almost halfway across the world to escape from God. And we do some strange things. Our mamas let us know we do some strange things, right? You know, our mamas say, You're marrying who? You know, you're doing what? You're quitting your job in order to do what? And so we run to some of the strangest places when we're on the run from God. And then the second thing that all runners experience in the stage is that runners will always hurt the people who are closest to them. And so as a person begins to run and their life begins to unravel, then their kids will get hurt, or mom will get hurt, or dad will get hurt. And those people who are closest to us will get hurt. And then finally, Jonah learned that it is pointless. It is futile to run from God. We can't outrun God. But yet, in God's grace and mercy, uh, he will allow us to bump up against some of the natural consequences, or he might even exaggerate conditions, not to pay us back, but to bring us back. And so uh, many of you last week had an epic moment. There are about a hundred of you who turned in your running shoes. Yeah, a hundred of you. And so you got it. You got that God isn't trying to pay you back, but is trying to bring you back. And that was amazing. Many of you recognized that you were running. You admitted it. And many of you said, I'm going to stop running. It's so a way to go. Now, today we're going to look at what's next. We're going to look at Jonah's story, and we're going to see what's next in the story. And we're going to look at a point where he hit rock bottom. Because at some point, when we get away from God and we get to a place that we never intended to get, all of a sudden, we come to a breaking point or we hit rock bottom. And when we hit those moments in life, it should be a time that we pause. It's a crucial moment in our lives. At that point, we should simply get on our knees and we should cry out to God and we should say, God, I need your help. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I had one of those moments in my life. I've had many breaking points in my life, and I had a, a moment in my life where I hit rock bottom. And when I hit rock bottom, um, I was kind of at a point in my life where um, I really was just going through the motions with God. And there are many circumstances in my life that I couldn't control in those moments. And I had several major relationship issues that were going on that weighed heavily on my heart. And it just seems like everything was just out of control at that point in my life. And the more I tried to reach out to God and do the things that I thought was right with God, and when I tried to connect with Him, it felt like He wasn't there in my life. And I had thoughts that entered into my mind thoughts that were very negative, and I thought, man, I'm useless. And then I started to literally buy into those thoughts. I got so low that I started to think, you know what, this world doesn't need me. You know, what's the point of this life? You know, and does anybody really take notice of my life? And to make matters worse, in that moment, I started getting really sick. I mean, not like just a little sick, but really sick. In a couple of weeks, I lost 20 pounds, and that was back in my prime And that was not a good thing. And so I ended up going to the doctor for a second time. And the doctor at that moment, he said this to me. He said, what are you stressing so much about? And it dawned on me. And God just hit me upside the head. Now he, the doctor didn't say this, but when he said those words, what was said to me that I felt God was saying was, Tim, your walk is not matching your talk at all. And I realized that I was the one who'd gotten to that point in my life. I was the reason. I was broken physically. I was broken spiritually because I was trying to run from God at that point in my life. Now, we've all gotten to that point where we've been broken. For some of you who don't believe in God, when you get to that place where you are broken, if there was ever a time that you believed in God and you're in that place where your life is broken, you definitely... You know, would say, There's no way that I'm going to reach out to God. There's no way He would ever accept me where I'm at. And then for some of us that believe in God, when we get to that moment of brokenness and we start to ask these questions, well, can we really be any of use to Him at this point? Our lives are in such a disaster. Could God really use me at all? And then for all of us, we think, Okay, where is God? You know, is He going to be able to do anything? Because even we don't understand how we got to that place. And we especially don't think that anybody else understands how we got to that place. And then the thing that I have found over the years are a lot of things as I've read the Bible. And as I've read the Bible over the years, I've come to understand that God understands our brokenness. You know, here's this guy, Jonah, you know, who uh, is this prestigious prophet of God. And yet the thing that we know most about his life is when he fails. We know when he turns his back on God and he runs and he gets to a place where he hits rock bottom. And this is what I love about God, you know? God knows our stories and he wants us to understand that he knows our stories. And that's why he's put this story in the Bible for us. So today we are going to check out the second chapter of Jonah. And we're going to see when Jonah hit rock bottom. And he's going to be retelling the story from afar after these events happen. And he's going to let us know this prayer that he cried out to God when he got to that point. And we're going to see what God and how God responds. And uh, at that moment, we're going to see what God will really do when we hit rock bottom or when we're broken. So if you would, if you would get your Bibles and turn to the second chapter of Jonah... Now, if you're using one of the Bibles in the back, would you turn to page 701? And then if you're using a smartphone, feel free to use your smartphone. If you don't have a Bible at all, just take your neighbor's cell phone, okay? No. All right, don't do that. But if you need a Bible, go ahead and grab one in the back, and that's a gift to you, okay? So go ahead and turn to page 701 in your Bibles. Now, as we go through this chapter, I'm going to highlight five things from God's perspective about runners, okay? We're going to check out his attitude towards us. And why is this important? Well, many of you last week had the courage to raise your hand and say, I'm going to stop running. Well, here, we're going to find out what's next. And then many of you who are still kind of running, that's okay, okay? God's good with that. We're good with that. And during this message, my hope is for you is that you will see how God is working behind the scenes and that you will see his attitude towards us. And so my hope is that you would become an X runner as well. So let's see what God is going to do in this chapter. All right, let's begin. Chapter two, verse one. And this is, again, Jonah retelling after these events already happened. He's looking back, reflecting upon this. Verse 1, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he, and this is the surprise, okay, he answered me. So this is amazing. This is unbelievable. The first thing that we discover about God is that he listens to the prayers of runners. Did you realize that God doesn't have to listen to the prayers of runners? Did you realize or do you understand why in the world would God listen to the prayers of runners? Especially Jonah, who's this prophet of God who should know better, you know? And this is what we all know, you know? Let's get real here for a moment, okay? If we were in God's shoes, And we created people, and they decided to run. Would we listen to the prayers of those who turned their backs on us? No, we wouldn't. Do you know what we would do instead? We would get another one, right? Isn't that what we do? You know? Now, pet lovers, you're not gonna like this, but when our dog gets old, what do we do? Yeah, we get a new one, don't we? You know? Or uh, let's say we get a dog and we don't like its temperament, you know? Or it doesn't get along with the kids, what do we do? we get a new one. All right. Now I'm going to step on everybody's toes here besides pet lovers. Okay. So ladies, if you don't like the girls who are in your life who turn their back on you, what do you do? Yeah. Right. Guys, if you don't like the women who are in your life, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. We all have the tendency to just get a new one, don't we? That's our pattern. That's how we run. That's the way we do things. But not God. God doesn't do that. God doesn't turn his back on runners. He listens to the prayers of runners. In Jonah's mess that Jonah created, he still listened to Jonah at that point. In the mess that we create, God will listen to your prayers when you run and you come back and you cry out to him. That's what we need to know about God. Well, let's continue to see what else we need to learn about God as well. So, um, here's Jonah kind of, again, retelling the story of what happened to him once he was thrown into the boat, or thrown from the boat. Verse 3, Jonah said, "'You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves.' Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. Did you catch that? Did you see who Jonah says is responsible for throwing him into the sea? It was God. But yet we know it was the sailors. The sailors were the ones who threw him into the sea. But yet Jonah understands that this was God. God was behind these things. And so sometimes when we dig ourselves into the holes, just like we learned last week, God in his grace and mercy and love will allow us to come up against some of the natural consequences of our choices and allow us to maybe even exaggerate the conditions, not to pay us back, but to bring us back. You know, one time I had a friend in college who got kicked out of college. Now I knew him after the fact, okay, uh, when he was in college, but he had gotten kicked out from college. And so uh, he told me all the stories of, like, why he got kicked out of college. If you heard his stories, you would say, yeah, kick that guy out of college. In fact, the guys who were, like, already kicked out of college were like, yeah, dude, you should have been kicked out of college, you know? So here's this guy. When he gets kicked out of college, you know, he is mad. He is upset. But yet God gets his attention. And he says to me, Tim, that was the only way that God could get my attention at that point, was for me to get kicked out of college. And you know what's cool? At that point in his story, the school had let him back in to the college because he was already starting to walk with God. And then to his surprise as well, he kind of said, you know what, would you guys let me back in? And they said, yeah, we'll let you back in. Crazy but he knew that God was responsible for kicking him out of college. And then he also knew when he was looking back that God also worked it out for him to get back into college. You know, isn't that what we would expect from a good heavenly father? You know, don't we get upset when we see parents who just let their kids kind of go off and they don't have a care in the world about their children? Don't we get upset when parents are there physically, but they're not there in any other way? you know, at all in those moments? You know, don't we want a heavenly father who cares about us, understands our situation, and cares about us? That's exactly what Jonah came to understand. He knew God was behind those things. So let's continue in this moment. So jumping back into the account, here's Jonah telling us that he's still sinking in the sea, okay? So he's sinking, and then he gets swallowed by this this fish. Verse 5, I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, snatched me from the jaws of death. So here's the fish getting them all right? And now he thinks, okay, my life's over. I'm in this fish. Verse seven, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Now, some of you are thinking, man, that's too much. You know, God, you know, you've gone too far in your discipline. And this kind of brings us to the third reality about God, okay? Now, this might surprise you, but God at times is not gentle. And sometimes he is extreme because he doesn't want to lose you. Okay, we understand that as parents, right? We don't want to lose our children. Now, some of you, you know, who have like high school students or teenagers or somebody living at home, you might want to lose them. But, anyways, you know, we deep down, if we really think about, we would never want to lose our children. You know, growing up, um, <laughs> there were times uh, when I had to learn a lesson, right? And do you know how many times it took me to learn a lesson when my dad spanked me? Once, okay? It was once. Do you know how many times it took me to learn the lesson when my mama spanked me? Never, okay? All right? And you know that. You remember your dad spanking, right? Yeah, we all remember that. Do you remember your mama spanking? Yeah. Yeah, if that's what you call them, you know. I mean, we know that dad, when he came home, you didn't mess with data, all right? You learned your lesson. And that's what God wants us to understand. God's discipline is so thorough so that we remember. Because God wants us to remember so we uh, don't walk away from him again. Because God doesn't want us to experience some of the things that will break our hearts, Some of the things, when we run, we get to a point that we never intended to get to, and we will also hurt those who are around us. God doesn't want us to experience those things, and that's how much he loves us. And we understand that as parents, because we love our children so much as well. So let's con- kind of continue on in here. Now watch this, all right? You don't want to miss this. Listen to the honesty and transparency. This is what I love about the Bible, okay? This is why it's not made up, because this guy, Jonah, gets real at this moment. So here's the fourth insight. Verse eight, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. I love it when he says, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. Do you know what Jonah is admitting right here? He's admitting that he did what everyone else does he wanted to do his own thing and he turned his back on God and what God wanted him to do. And instead he wanted to do his own thing and made it an idol. He equates himself just as much and and as bad as the Assyrians were, he equates himself to the Assyrians who did their own thing in their own eyes as well. And so he's saying right here in this verse, you know what, God, instead of listening to you, I wanted to do my own thing. And we all do that, right? We all want to do our own things, but yet when we do that, we miss out on the relationship with God. We miss out on God's protection and his provision. We miss out on the person who can guide us in life and knows the best of what we should have in life because he wants great things for us. He's not trying to pay us back. He's trying to bring us back. And so when we run away from God, we turn to these worthless idols, yeah, some of these idols that kind of like, you know, at first attract us and everything, it's idols such as money, you know, we think we need more of it and then we get consumed with it and all of a sudden we get so consumed with money, uh, all of a sudden we may make a lot of money, but who ends up losing? Our families, you know? Some of us who get so enamored with shiny objects and something that looks so attracted and what happens as we go towards that idol, we end up losing our spouse or our marriage or worse yet, even our kids. And some of us, as we make the things in this life, our to-do list, such an idol in our lives, we pay attention to those things, and all of a sudden we get hit upside the head with something in life that we struggle with, that we don't understand why those things happen, and all of a sudden we turn to something to kind of cope with the pain, and all of a sudden we get hooked onto that thing instead, and it becomes an idol in our lives, and we get even into more of a mess at that point. And that's what idols do. Idols take us away from God idols will always end up leaving us isolated, alone, and hurting. And God doesn't want that. And God will do everything he can to uproot those idols because those are the things that we know that will take us away from the things that we never wanted to have in our lives. And so if it means for us to get to a point of being broken, God will do that. Because God isn't trying to pay us back. He's trying to bring us back in those moments because we're going to end up hurting ourselves and we're going to end up hurting those around us. Now, this is big, okay? Because we're like, okay, so how will God respond? You know, how will God respond to especially like Jonah, this prophet of God? You know, he should know better. Is he going to call him out? Is he going to leave him in this brokenness? Uh, you know, what is he going to do? Is he going to say, you're useless? Verse 10, watch this. Then the Lord ordered, I love that word, ordered, okay? It's like a surprise for Jonah. At this point, Jonah thought his life should be over, okay? He was at the point where he knew he was responsible for running away from God. He says, throw me into the sea, but God wasn't done with him. And then all of a sudden, as Jonah is drowning, he said, all right, God, this is what I deserve, you know? But God didn't think of that about him. And all of a sudden, he gets swallowed by this fish, and he thinks he's going to die in this fish, but that's not what God intended, and all of a sudden, as he's in this fish and he's not dying, he's like, okay, you know, I've already admitted I've been running. You know, what else am I supposed to learn? Are you going to, like, get somebody else to do what I was supposed to have done? But watch what God does, okay? God is a God of second chances. Look at this. Verse 10. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Chapter 3, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Jonah a second time Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, and deliver the message I have given to you, because God is a God of second chances." So right here, he gives Jonah a second chance. Here's Jonah, this great prophet, who turns his back on God. Here's Jonah, who was like a hero to his people, probably had the entire Old Testament memorized. Here's this guy who had predicted things on the behalf of God, who had had a relationship with God. Here's this guy who was finally at this broken spot, had hit rock bottom, thought that God should just like end his life, and instead, God shows up and says, I am the God of second chances. And so, Jonah, you are special. Guys, you mean so much to him. God is a God of second chances. Do you know what that means for us? You know, all of our sin, all of our junk, you know, all the wrongs that we do in this life, you know, God is a God of second chances. And he will take our junk and he will leverage it for good. That's how powerful he is. You can't outrun his grace or the boundaries of his grace and his love and his mercy. You know, you can't disqualify yourself by running so far and doing so many things that you can't come back and cry out to him and he will simply accept you when you do that. You know, there's many of us who get that. There's many of us in this room, like we saw last week, that are ex runners. And if you ask any of us, if you ask anyone who talks from this stage, if you ask anyone who leads worship, if you ask anyone who leads back in our kids' areas, if you ask any of our community group leaders, if you ask anyone who volunteers here, they understand that God can leverage our junk and use it for good because He is a God of second chances. You are not useless, you are not worthless. You are great in his eyes, and he will always give us a second chance. In fact, he'll give us third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances. The entire Bible is full of guys who messed up and messed up and messed up and messed up. Do you understand that? People mess up, and he understands that. But when we cry out to him, God is a God of second chances. Now, some of you last week, you turned in your running shoes. And you're maybe at a point where you are so broken, where you're in the depths of just despair and you think that you are useless, you're not. God is going to take some of your relationships and he's gonna restore them. God is gonna do some things that you think that he could never do and he's going to heal some of the things and he's gonna stop the chaos from happening in your lives. And so how do we see the God of second chances act? Well, we have to take the next step. And so some of you are asking, well, what's the next step? Well, often, just like he did with Jonah, when we hit rock bottom, he often says, here's the next step. You're going to have to trust me. And so today, some of you need to take that next step. Now, you might be thinking, okay, what's the next step? Oh, you know, is this big? I got to go off to Assyria? No, you don't have to go off to Assyria. Okay, next step is simply this, okay? Some of you have just been like coming on and off to church, your next step might be to start coming every week. Some of you, you don't understand who God is. So every week we have this spiritual growth challenge at the Connection Center, and you need to dive in and start to read more about who God is and start to have a relationship with him. For some of you, you've been resistant to jumping into some of our small group environments. You need to jump into starting point and begin to see who God is. Begin to get to know their other ex-runners as well and be encouraged by them. Some of you, you need to just start serving. You know, you've been saying, "Oh, I don't know. You know, they're always saying like, serve, serve. Get to see God in action. Get to see him changing people's lives around you. You'll see how great he is. Some of you are like, well, you know, I'm not going to give or something like that. You know, I've been holding on to that. You know what? It is amazing. Look at yesterday what happened. Over 100 people went out and served our community, and that's because you give. You know, some of you need to, you hold on to your relationship with God, and no one knows that you're a Christ follower. And so for maybe you, the next step is to start talking about what he's doing in your life. That's all that he's asking. So we need to take a, a next step. That's what it's about. Now, we're going to have this song that's going to play up on these screens. And I want you to listen to these words. I want you to be encouraged. Listen to this main part of this song, okay? It says, Trouble's chasing me again, breaking down my best defense. I'm looking. God, I'm looking for you. Weary just won't let me rest, and fear is filling up my head. Been there. I'm longing. God, I'm longing for you. But I will find you in the place I'm in, find you when I'm at my end, find you when there's nothing left of me to offer you except for brokenness. You lift me up. You'll never leave me thirsty. When I am weak, when I am lost and searching, I'll find you on my knees. So when we feel broken, we need to cry out to God. And often, when we are in that state of brokenness, He will say, Here's the next step. And so during this song, what I want you to do is to be encouraged by the words that I've read, and you're going to hear that. I want you to soak that in. And during this song, I want you to cry out to him in prayer, and I want you to say, God, thank you so much. Thank you for my brokenness. Thank you for where I'm at. And God, you know what? I'm sensing that you want me to take a next step, and this is what I'm going to do. Commit to that. Do that. And then for some of you, you know, you may have not been running, but you know what? God is always asking us to do something next. And so what is it? Maybe he's been putting something on your mind that you need to do next. And so during that song, would you cry out? Would you thank God for being in the spot that he's gotten your attention? And now you think you're useless, but you're not. He will leverage the things that have been in our lives to help someone else because God is a God of second chances. So let me pray, and then I want you to watch and listen to this song. Father, I just thank you so much for who you are. God, you are the God of second chances. God, so long ago, you rescued me when my life was not a good place. And Father, there's many in this room that I know who are in the same spot. And so God, I know there are some people who have not given up and not surrendered to you because they just don't know how good you are. But there's many of us in this room that do. So, God, I pray that they will have the courage to say, You know what, God? I see it. I see that you're not trying to pay me back, but to bring me back, that you are the God of second chances. So, God, I offer you my brokenness, and I will do this next step. And so, Father, would you just again wrap your arms around us and show us that you understand our stories? and that you want our stories to help someone else. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He'll find you. He'll find you when you cry out. And I hope you know that this is a place that you can cry out. This is a place where God has given many of us a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance, and so on. So would you help me out? In two weeks, we are having Easter, okay? And there's a lot of people in our community who need to understand that God is a God of second chances. So there's some cards on your seat. Would you take some of those cards? Would you invite your friends? Would you invite somebody that you just run into? And would you let them know that this is a place where God is the God of second chances? So on your way out today, when you say hi to somebody, let them know that God is a God of second chances. And so thank you so much for being here today. Have a Great week.
2: So, if you haven't gone through Starting Point yet, I encourage you to join. Starting Point is our 10 week conversational environment where people begin to explore God and experience community. So, next week on the 13th, we're going to have an info meeting, a starting point info meeting after both services, most likely in the room over to the side over here. So, if you plan on attending that, if you can go online to theepicchurch.com, click on the small groups tab, and just go ahead and get signed up. This way, we have an idea of how many people might actually attend that meeting. So good morning, everybody. My name is Chris, and if you have one of these announcement sheets that we talked about last week, if you can go ahead and just grab that, it should be on your seat. There's something new that we're doing at Epic, and I just want to highlight a couple things for you. The first thing that you'll see is that we have our ocean baptism coming up on Easter Sunday. So if you've given your heart to Jesus, but you haven't been baptized yet, I encourage you to get signed up and get that done. Our baptism will be on Easter Sunday at 530 in the evening. We're going to meet over at North 16th Street, so our usual spot. Go ahead and get signed up for that if you want to be baptized. Now on April 13th, we're going to have our epic day at the park. This is a lot of fun. Wadsworth Park, for those of you who don't know, get on State Road 100, start heading towards the beach. You get to the really big bridge, don't go over it. Bang a left, you'll be at the park. Bring some family, bring some food, bring some chairs. Um, It's a great time to just relax and kind of get to know some other people that are here at Epic with us. I also encourage you to bring something comfortable for your feet. You don't know if we'll have a game of like Guatemalan dodgeball or some crazy thing that Trent asks us to do. So bring something you can run around in. Now, if you're wondering what I'm doing holding this green bag, I'm going to tell you. I know all you were wondering that, so here it comes. For the month of April, we are teaming with Grace Community Food Pantry. We're having what we call a toiletry drive. There's over 150 families that we're looking to help out. So if you're able to help us with this, go ahead and grab one of these bags, either at the Connection Center We're actually going to be handing them out, I think, after service. And you can fill this bag. Take it home during the week and put all sorts of toiletries in it. Uh, I've got a list here. Soap, shampoo, deodorant, toothpaste, handy wipes, shaving cream, feminine products, mouthwash, whatever you can, if you can. Put it in this bag. Bring it back on Sunday. Drop it back off at the Connection Center. Let's try to help these family in need. Men, turn that piece of paper over. This is very important. May 16th and 17th, Promise Keepers, Jacksonville. I'm going. I expect you to be there. That's it. No, (laughs) listen, this is a great conference. Uh, I've been there before. I am going this time. A lot of guys in my men's group are going. This is a place for men to be, to men to learn about how to be, the fathers, the husbands, just the men in general that God God desires for us to be. So I encourage you to get online, get signed up, or in fact, I even put a table out next to the tech table, and I will be there after both services if you want to kind and come and sign up on paper. I'm going to hold you to it. Now, if you call Epic your home and you support what we do here, there's two ways you can give back to Epic. That is, go online, theepicchurch.com, hit the giving tab, or at the end of the seating sections, we've got some giving boxes on tables over there. Now, I'd like to get a number of how many people, and raise your hands if you were involved. We had over 100 volunteers in our 3G Saturday event yesterday. Got some people out there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you. Listen, through six different projects that we had going simultaneously, Uh, we just really helped out our community. I'm going to touch on some of those. The first one, you can look at some of the pictures over here. That was the Grace Community Food Pantry. We had a team that prepped, packaged, and distributed food to over 200 families. And one of the recipients turned around and said this, quote, thank you. I don't know what we would do without the food pantry. You helped that happen. That's awesome. We also sent some people out to a habitat build. As you see over here, we put some siding on a house. We had a great team that provided lunch for all the workers. And our partner in Habitat said that she was so appreciative of Epic's work, and she shared that our partnership has been such a huge help to them. It's really, really cool. Uh, also in partnership with Habitat, we painted an exterior of a home. So some of you helped out with that. Here's the painting of the house. as people who are serving some food. And then we sent over, still putting up the paint in the house over here. I don't want to get too ahead of myself over here. And then we had a couple teams go over to the beach. Two teams went over, covered over eight miles of beach. Who said serving was easy, right? Eight miles of beach. You know, one of the residents came up to one of our students and just said that they wanted to personally thank us for what we were doing out there. And then we had a team of people go over to the Windsor Assisted Living Facility. We spent some time, we loved on some people over there. And you know, they were able to build stronger bonds between each other, between those residents, through the conversations that we'd led with them. So thank you for everyone who went out and did that. I mean, give yourselves a hand again. I really, it was an awesome, awesome job. You know, and through your actions, you showed our community, your community and mine, that people matter, not just to us, but people matter to God. And I'm just so proud of everybody who did that. So we're so glad that you're here. If you're new to Epic, we have a connection center over in the back corner. You can pick up some literature or talk to somebody in person about who and what we are. And for now, I just want you to sit back and enjoy the rest of the service. Thank you.